And we're back. And we're sounding really good. Yeah, thanks to these microphones. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a little equipment difference we'll make, right? Unbelievable. So today is Monday. It's leadership. It is the 23rd of May, episode 508. And Kellyanne Callahan is going to read the gift of the day. Leaders find solutions. Kelly, have you heard this before? Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way? Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I love that old adage, and I think it really does say it all. The main question is, how strong is your will? Mm. If you want something bad enough, you will figure out how to do it. So the secondary questions are, how creative are you and how ballsy are you? Mm -hmm. So if you really, really want something and you've got great creativity and you don't shudder at the thought of risk, you will be infinitely successful. And now I'm going to share a story that is lame comparatively to what could be accomplished in the world. Mm -hmm. But I applied this mm -hmm. very concept as a youngster. I just said youngster. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I credit these concepts of being willful and being persistent and creative and ballsy with my entire brewing career. Brewing career. Yes. Mm. I was a professional beer brewer for many years. Mm -hmm. And the impetus of that was that I moved to college. And like most, I was under the drinking age. And watching my friends as they were out partying in public was super frustrating to me. And I didn't have a way to procure alcohol or at least get charged for it. You know, those douchey 21-year-olds, they're like, oh, I'll get you a six-pack, but you're going to buy one for me too. Right. Oh, I hated those fuckers. And fortunately, I never turned into one of them because... The story will reveal that I had ample You didn't have supply. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I hatched a number of plans to overcome the barrier of age restriction. And of course, the obvious one was to brew beer in my apartment. It's absolutely completely legal to purchase all of the ingredients and the equipment. It's just simply malt, hops, and yeast. And of course, a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So what you do with the ingredients, well, that's completely up to you. So I mixed them together and fermented it. And lo and behold, two weeks later, I had five fucking gallons of not only fresh beer, but something that I had tremendous pride in because I made it. And and how was it? It was really good. It was really good. I, because when you first start out, you follow a recipe. Uh -huh. They give you all the ingredients in a big bag. And then you, you know, step by step. And I was very anal about it. So... It, it came out exactly as advertised, and it was a clone. This is going to sound really strange because you know my history. It was a clone of Anchor Steam. Oh, yummy. Who I later worked for. Yum. In That's my brewing career. Isn't that a bizarre coincidence? Hmm. So the very first beer that I brewed was an Anchor Steam clone. There for all of you taking notes on David's <laughs> history. <laughs> so it, be quickly, it quickly became a bonding hobby for me and something that I did with my father uh, until he passed. And in fact, that was going to be a side business that we were going to do. We wanted to start a brewing company that we would run out of a single screen movie theater and call it Double Vision Brewery. 
And there's a whole host of reasons as to the double entendre of the the, the name, but it's also uh, if you brew on premises and serve it, you don't get hit with certain taxes. So we had this whole thing planned out, and then unfortunately, he passed. So it doesn't look like I'm going to follow through with that. Mm-hmm. But that little scenario didn't solve the bigger problem, which was going out with my friends in public and drinking and having a good time. Right. So, That's a big part of the enjoyment of drinking, right? Especially when you're in college. Yeah. I don't want to sit at home and drink five gallons of mm-hmm. beer by myself, right? Yeah. That, that would not be good <laughs> on multiple levels. <laughs> Correct. But this is going to take a little bit more thinking, right? I didn't have a, a fake ID. I, I didn't know how to get one. And the people that tended to have them got them confiscated almost immediately. And they were very expensive. So let me ask you the question. How do you get into a bar or a club that has age restrictions without a fake ID? Uh, this is actually how my parents met. Remember I told you this yes. story? <laughs> my dad and his friend were in line to get into some place in Vermont, I believe, yeah. or I New, Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah. And my mom and her friend who were underage, um, they were talking, strategizing about how to get in and my dad and his friend helped them. And 51 years later, wow. they're still together. So there are ways to get in. Well, and see, this is another, as we call it in the world of psychology, secondary gain. Mm-hmm. Of where there's a will, there's a way. So not only did your mom get to drink that night, but she got married and got knocked up several times. Many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such a great Irish story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, the universe rewards um, ballsiness. Is that what you called it earlier? Yeah. Bravery and yeah. creativity. Wow. I love that. So let me give you some hints as to how I overcame this barrier back in the day and you you will remember this because you're roughly my age when you showed up uh at a club and presented your id and then paid the cover you got a hand stamp Mm -hmm. i remember there wasn't the fancy bracelets yeah there was a hand stamp so you could probably take it from there yeah you get your hand stamped and the ink is wet yep for for a minute or two yep and from there, you can usually transfer at least some of the ink onto someone else's hand, yep. albeit in a blurry way. Yep. So the risk, however, there were there were a couple of things, and and you're right. That was that was a that was a good first go for us. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to be there at the moment. Yeah. And that person would have to step out of line. Right. To give Conceal you the the transfer, mm-hmm. and it wasn't always super wet, mm-hmm. and so you were at risk of not only not getting the transfer. But the other person screwed because their stamp is now weak mm-hmm. and or gone. Mm-hmm. So then the other thing, because the club started getting smart, they would sometimes do the stamp that says over 21. Well, if you put it on and transfer it to your friend, the writing's backwards. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. So anything that had writing on it was uh, an oh shit moment. Yeah. So plan B. I got myself some fine tipped magic markers and kept them in the glove box. Smart. So they would come out of the club, go into the car. There were usually a couple of us and we would just redraw whatever the stamp had on it, smeared a little bit to make it look authentic. Right. 
And then not only were we partying it up inside, but we didn't have to pay the cover. There's your secondary gain. Uh-huh. Because they would see the stamp and then just assume I was I was fine with paying the cover, but I didn't have to because I had the stamp. Score. And then of course in that club you didn't have to present your ID to the bartender because they already t- checked your ID. You couldn't be in there That's unless how they checked you were your in. ID, right? Right. So that wouldn't that be great for the club setting. What about a bar bar? What about a bar that you can walk into under age but couldn't order a drink because you don't have an ID? How do you get around that one, Kelly? Oh goodness, don't ask me. I'm going to I'm sure you have the story behind that one. I do. I do. This this to me was the more clever and the more simplex way of getting a drink. I would simply patiently wait for a patron to finish their drink, better yet have some little bit left in the bottom, leave their glass. I would pick up the glass. I would go up to the bar very casually. I would wave the glass and say, hey, can I get another one of these? And the bartender, 100% of the time, would comply. And oftentimes they were feeling like they were put on their heels because they didn't remember me. Oh. And they'd be like, oh, can you remind me what that drink was again? And I'm like, yeah, it was a gin and tonic. I'm holding a fucking beer glass, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they would comply and they would they would pour me the drink. They figured this guy's already got a drink. Yeah, they're not suspicious they're anymore. They're not suspicious at all. And there's so much confusion in a bar. I mean, you're obviously not going to be able to do this if you walk into a dive bar and there's three people. Right. And it has to be fairly crowded. Right. But once again, once you got that rolling, the first drink you got, you were in for the rest of the night. Hopefully so. you liked that drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would not be picking up like a Cosmopolitan or something. No. I'd have to wait. No. no. <laughs> but you can always switch it up after you got your first drink. Oh, it just goes to show you there's always there's always a way. That's exactly the point. You know, it it's really about the willpower. I had the will. I wasn't going to say, okay, well, I have to wait till I'm 21. Like most other people would just be victim, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to wait till I'm 21, then go home and cry or whatever and eat ice cream. I don't know. I said, no, fuck that. There's got to be a way around this. And there were several ways around it. You just needed to be persistent, creative, and you had to have that will. And like Mr. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Oh, cue the music. <laughs> oh, <Vulcan! laughs> So the homework. There goes the bell, Kelly, and the audience. Here's your homework. Find a lingering problem in your life that you've yet to fix. Sit and break it down with a friend piece by piece. And I can tell you that if your will is strong enough, you will find a solution for it. I don't doubt it. Yeah. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Intention. Yep. And will. Absolutely. If you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. And then the opposite is true. If it's not happening for you, you just didn't want it bad enough. I wanted you really bad, <gasps> Kelly. And oh. look at us now. <laughs> uh, and, um, I, well, I didn't really make it that hard for you, did I? No, mm, not at all. Sorry about that. There was no thrill in any chase because there wasn't any chase. I was being pinned down in a conference okay, room. And... this is all going on the blooper reel. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> well, before I get kicked under the table... Perhaps we should... Go outside, fly a kite. 
Yako Key.